Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast presented by DoorDash. Round five teams are here. Chris Kennedy and Don Brock to take you through all the changes and the fantasy implications. Don Brock, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, pretty good week of fantasy, some big scores. Not too many injuries to fantasy-relevant players, although there were a lot of injuries again this week, which means a few, maybe more opportunities for players this round in round five. Pretty high-scoring round overall. There were some uh, big team scores. Uh, Souths and Broncos kick off round five on Thursday evening out there at Stadium Australia. No Cody Walker, no Keon Kolomatungi uh, for the Bunnies, both suspended. Benji Marshland with the starting side. Dean Hawkins on the bench. Jacob Host replaces Kolomatungi in the back row. Um, I guess Keon's probably the real fantasy-relevant part of that, but there are a few Cody Walker owners as well. Yeah, I think Colin Matungi, as you say, the big loser of the week in terms of uh, Souths players. A lowish score, 27, a couple of low scores for him, and then a two-week uh, ban. Probably a sell in your book? Well, yeah. I mean, probably not an urgent sell because his break-even's about what he's been scoring and he's not worth that much. He could afford yep. to stick him in reserves. But also, he, I mean, if Jacob Host goes well, then he might lose that starting spot. If he comes back on the bench, he's back to potentially playing 30 minutes in the middle where he might not score any more than high 20s anyway. So um, certainly one that you can discard. I don't see any huge upside to, to keeping him. Yeah, I think the fact his scores haven't been great, you would have wanted mm. consistent 40s. He had a 27. He had a score in the 30s, which included a couple of uh, turnover tackles. Yeah. You can't rely on every week. So uh, if you're scoring around 30 or under, then he's not going to make much money regardless. And if you wait two more weeks, you could be getting someone else who's making fast money in the meantime. Potentially a, a Sean Bloor or someone to come in in the next, you know, yep, obviously true. not this week, but in the, the coming weeks. Um, anything else in that South team, Damien? Cook is sort of one off, one one on, one off at the moment. Yeah, his average is still good. He's still averaging 63, which is what he's scored uh, pretty much the last few years. So I think he's still one of those gun hookers who just might be more up and down this year. Um, or maybe he just got a couple of low scores out of the way early and he'll start getting some consistent mm. 50s and 60s with the occasional 80 going forward. Latrell Mitchell um, hasn't scored below 42 except for the time he got Sinbind, but also hasn't mm. scored above 43 other than that one round one game where he went absolutely nuts. So it's a bit hard to get on a read on Latrell at the moment, but he could be just a consistent, I guess, low to mid 40s guy rather than the 50 plus that those of us who started him were hoping for. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? So he's Round one was so good that um, everyone assumed, you know, he's turned the corner and he's now a fantasy stud. But uh, these kind of scores we're seeing, he did produce a bit last year with the occasional really low score, but he's getting really good attacking stats. You know, a try assist pretty much every week, maybe a couple of tries in there, and he's still getting scores in the 40s with that one explosive game in round one. So, yeah, you can't be sure at this point whether he's going to move up and average mm. 50 or go back to what he was last year. He's certainly playing better than he was last year, I think. He's, Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, grown into that fullback fullback role a lot. So I think he'll be better than last year. I don't know if he's quite going to be up in that Tedesco, Ponga, mm. Pappenhausen range, but we'll, we'll see. He has made about 100 grand already, so it's not going uh, not going too bad. Um, the Broncos have a couple of changes. They lost Herbie Farnworth. Was it shoulder soreness? Yep. Um, so Richie Kenner comes in for him. Tom Dearden is still uh, the halfback alongside Anthony Milford, who um, has actually been scoring pretty well other than that one. I think it was mm-hmm. round two. He went badly, but he's got three pretty handy scores other than that. Um, huge first half against the Storm before the Pappenhausen show started. He was uh, busting a few tackles, kicked a 40-20. He was going okay. Um, otherwise, Tevita Pango Jr. Junior starts at lock with Pat Carrigan out, uh, suspended John Asiata in on the bench. Yeah, apart from Milford, Jake Turpin's in a pretty similar situation. They both had 
uh, kind of lousy scores in round two, but good scores the other three weeks. Both got 60s on the weekend, so they're both plays to hold for the moment. Um, Jordan Ricky also doing well, got a 48, yeah. making a lot of money. Um, Payne Haas came back. He uh, yeah. he scored 53, which is not great for his price, but he did play, I think, close to 70 minutes. Yeah, 69, the, 70 minutes. All the talk in the preseason was that that wasn't going to happen this year. His minutes were going to drop. Mm. You know, you couldn't afford to play a front rower for so long and yada, yada, yada. And then he comes out and plays 70 minutes straight up. So interesting one to watch. His price is going to drop. If he gets another 53, he'll get un- he'll be under 900 grand probably next week. He started mm. at 967K, I think, uh, at the start of the season. So, yeah, you could get a, a cut price superstar mm. in a few weeks. Are we more worried that he was basically going at a PPM last year playing 70-plus minutes and he's played 70 minutes and only, quote-unquote, got 53? First game back for the yeah. season. Who knows? I mean, he can get monster scores even in 60 minutes as well. So, yeah, wait and see. I guess for those, I mean, no one's really got him at this point. So, mm. I think fingers crossed he has a few, you know, really low scores by his standards, which is, you know, 40s, maybe low 50s, and then maybe one or two good games to show that he's still got it, and then you can pick him up on the cheap. That would be the dream. Uh, Central Coast Stadium, 6 p.m. Friday afternoon. The Warriors host the Sea Eagles. Warriors um, looked like they were really taking it to the Roosters early on uh, last week and then fell away towards the back end of the game. Um, lost a few important players. Adam Fenua Blake copped a knock to his knee. He's out. Bunty Afoa um, suspended. Bailey Sirenen is out. I'm not 100% sure if he's picked up a tweak that we haven't been told about or if he's just... Um not selected, but he's not in the uh, the 21, so must be he's, yeah. he's picked up something. Um, Tom Arley and on the bench, Kane Evans plays his first game for the club, Josh Curran in as well. Um, Sean O'Sullivan, probably a bit of a bright spot fantasy-wise. Absolutely. So 48 last week, high 40s or 50s? Low 40s? 50 on the, on the button and then before. 48. Okay. Followed up. Yeah. yeah, really good start. So he's making money already. He's going to make a lot more. You got him, I think, last week. I got I him last week after the 50 year. Uh, um, it looks like an astute buy so far. Yeah, I mean, he, he's made some early cash. He, I, I was a bit worried that the, the way the game went the week before, he had a bit of elevated stats yeah. just with the, the injuries. Um, but he, he produced four tackle busts again, so it's four tackle busts two weeks in a row and, and plenty of kick metres as well. So it could actually... Um, I was thinking, worst case, he averages 40, but he might actually average high 40s, which makes him a, a pretty useful... High 40s, you can use him in the 17. Yeah, and high 40s, I think, also means it's not too late to get him and he can make yeah. another 150K if he uh, keeps scoring like that. So, yeah, it looks very good so far. There's a lot of good value halves this year and, you know, keeper halves in form as well. So you might have too many halves in your team if you start snapping up all of mm. them. But, uh, yeah, he looks like one of the better buys yeah. still this week. I already do have too many halves. I'm hoping uh, I'm stinging, stinging for Josh Schuster to get dual position to balance the team <laughs> yep. out a little bit better. Um, the manly side, speaking of uh, Josh Schuster, he made some more cash um, for the Seagulls on the weekend they lost another uh, second row with Morgan Boyle who's usually a middle was filling in there he did his shoulder so Jack Gajewski is back in the starting side uh, still no Tommy Turbo which is uh, not great news for Manly fans uh, Morgan Harper in the centres for Moses Suley who's out after a knee to the back uh, last week I think they're the main changes um, Toff Sipley in on the uh, the interchange it's dire times for the, the Sea Eagles what are the fantasy implications yeah it's not great news on fantasy front either um yeah, no big scores for them at all last week. Cherry Evans, 43. Uh, Jake Dubrovic, 45. He tends to only score around 50 anyway. Yeah. Um, DC is an interesting one. A lot of people picked up him at the start of the season. Uh, cut price option um, alternative to Cleary, but while well, Cleary's going nuts, DCE isn't because Manly aren't scoring any points. So, 
Yeah, mm. tough one. I mean, he's he's been a gun in the past. He can score well even when the team's not playing great. But if they're getting mm. going to get lapped like this pretty frequently, it's going to mm. be tough. Well, he got 80-odd, didn't he, against the Dragons, and they got touched up in that game as the well. The thing is, he's going to be targeted in, in defence. He's a good defender, but he's at the moment they're one really good go-to attacking player. So every yeah. team's going to run at him and tire him out. So he's going to get through a fair bit of mm. uh, tackling, and then he does all the kicking and... You know, if he only needs one or two attacking plays and he can get a good score, so I think he's worth holding at the moment, at the, at least. Um, otherwise, Schuster, hopefully everyone snapped him up a week or two ago. Not much else doing at that Manly team. Yeah, Dylan Walker's turning a bit of a bust as a uh, potential uh, cash cow. Lachlan Croker, aside from that one uh, score with the try, has not done anything too impressive. Could be close to a sell as well. Yep. It's about it for Manly. Taking a look at the second Friday game. This is a blockbuster. The Panthers and the Raiders out there at Bluebet Stadium. Um, Panthers have uh, beaten up on a few of the weaker teams already, but should be a, a closer uh, match this weekend. Uh, Stephen Crichton gets another crack at fullback after handling it pretty well last week. Um, team, I mean, it's I think it's unchanged. Teddy as she goes, obviously um, not expecting any troops back for another a week or two. But um, you know, Nathan Cleary, I guess, is the the big talking point. Just keeps putting up huge scores. Another big one. It was a funny one, wasn't it, last yeah. week where his first half was pretty quiet. I don't, I forget what his score was at halftime. Had a big second half, finished with a high score, and then the updates were very kind as well. And yeah. ended up with 94, another massive score. So, yeah, it's a big a big gap between the haves and the have-nots on the Nathan Cleary front in yeah. fantasy so far. This, all the conspiracy theorists who think I somehow <laughs> fixed the player stats, um, this should shut a few people up yeah. because I'm a non-Cleary owner yes. and, um, yeah, a lot of people captained him against me in my various leagues and he was on, I think he was 21 at half-time was upgraded to 26 by the end of halftime, was on about 35 with 20 minutes to go, finished the game on 78, and I woke up to 94. So, yeah. I assume some stats were missing that first half or something. They're actually... I was watching it, and I was yeah. like, they've missed a bus, they've missed this, yeah. they're going to get added in. I was a bit worried he was going to get some uh, upgrades. And it's, I think they, they took a missed tackle off him as well. So he oh, picked okay. up some run metres, picked up a bus, lost a missed tackle, picked up a few kick metres. He's flying. I mean, his price is going to plummet, I'm sure, at some point. He's going to get a 45, and yeah. his price will come down. But... Um, Yes, I don't know if that's going to happen this week. Um, well, I mean, it, I mean, Canberra's a good team. They're a tough team, so he's not going to have can, it as he easy. He can score as well he, against anybody, but yeah. He can, yeah. But, I mean, you look at the... He obviously missed the Storm game um, yep. in round two, he, so he's played the three games against the three bottom teams. Penrith's averaging almost 60% possession in those three games. I think it was yep. 60, 59 and 55 or something in those good three point. games. So eventually some teams can have to figure out how to get the ball away from Penrith, aren't they? We shall see. Yes. Um, otherwise, you want him in your team sooner than later. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, elsewhere, Spencer Lenu is a cash cow in a lot of teams mm. who is not doing that much at the moment. He's doing a lot he's when doing he's on a the lot. field, yeah. <laughs> but he's only playing 25 minutes a yeah. game and um, tough to pick up that many uh, fantasy points in that time. I think he's worth holding for the moment. Hope yeah. he drags a 40-minute game and scores 50 and gives his... Uh, Price a move. Um, Kickow's doing really well, scoring heaps of tries. That's probably yeah. not sustainable for a back rower, even one like him. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him in one of the earlier podcasts about he's just not an elite fantasy player because he's sort of in that you know lower tier, lower involvement edge forward and he needs attacking stats to score well, but he's just getting so many at the moment. A, a bit like Cleary, though, they're, they're mm. playing bad teams. So once, you know, you can't imagine him scoring a double against Canberra, but no, no, then again, maybe he does. Yeah, and the other thing in that game that was interesting, Crichton was pretty good at fullback. I thought he made a few little errors going up for bombs and whatnot. Positionally, he had a few. Yeah, 
And I was moments. wondering whether um, Charlie Staines, who has played more fullback, would get a go this week, which has not been the case yet going off these team lists. Who knows mm. if it changes or changes in the few weeks, which um, in turn could mean Paul Momorowski, who's been excellent in the centres, maybe could shift to the wing with Crichton mm. back in the centres if, if they want to keep Bert, uh, Matt Burton, who's been great everywhere, but mm. was good in the centres last week. I don't, yeah, I don't see Momorowski going to a wing. He has played there, as you say. Charlie Steen's finished the game against Manly at fullback. He got a bit of a go there, and he actually set up a try to Momorowski with a really uh, lightning-fast run. Um, if he was to move to the back, they do have a young fellow named Isaac Tago in the top 30 who's a uh, an up-and-coming winger, so they've got options there. Um, plenty of centres as well. I mean, you know, Kurt Capewell can play there. Jamin yeah. Salmon's played there and he's been in the 21 um, most weeks. Rob Jennings is in the reserves this week. He's coming back from an injury so um, you'd think he's going to go to the wing before uh, Momorowski. So, um, yeah, Momorowski should be pretty safe. He's um, not in a huge number of fancy teams still but really. we've talked about it a few times. He's scoring all right. Yep. Um, anyway, Canberra team. Um, they were pretty good against the Titans last week. They get Joe Tarpany back from an ankle injury at lock. Dunamis Louis out of the 17 altogether as, I guess, part of their middle rotation strategy. Um, Sutton and Papali'i back in the, uh, the starting side. What do you got fantasy-wise? I think it's all about the wingers. Jordan yeah. Rappiner is turning back the clock with some monster fantasy scores, and he's not in that many teams, and the guy who is in a lot of teams is Bailey Simonson, who is not doing anything at the moment. Yeah. Is he in your team, Simon? He is. He's in Jersey 21, and I'm just waiting. It's going to take 14 rounds, but at some point he's going to score he a, has try to score a try. He's going to sell him for 30 grand profit, and yeah, that'll be that'll be a happy time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not doing anything, but there's not really any point selling him. I don't think anyone yeah. else on that side worth talking about fantasy wise. I don't know. A lot of pretty good players, but not not standout fantasy scorers that I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Titans and the Knights, 3pm at Seabus Super Stadium. Uh, Titans have been very good against the weaker teams, struggled a little bit um, in round one against the Warriors, and then again last week against the Raiders. Um, Tino Fasumala-Awi, I sold him. You sold him? A lot of people sold him. I knew I knew this was going to happen at some point. I just didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. Did you think this was going to happen, though? So he oh. he didn't score a try. He played 70 minutes. Yeah. I thought he'd get an 80-odd, but yeah. I thought it would have two tries in it, not 70 Absolutely. minutes at prop with 200 metres and seven busts or whatever it was. Yeah. I've been uh, very sceptical about Big Tino the whole preseason. Didn't buy him. Um, was quite happy for those first few, first few rounds. But then, yeah, the nature of that score was more interesting, I think, than the score itself. The fact that he went point a minute or better for the first half um, mm. came back early I think because of a couple of injuries in the back line which yeah. reshuffled things but played 70 minutes scored 80 points um, with seven tackle breaks I think a lot of run yeah. meters a lot of tackles just you know base stats and with a few busts so that's the kind of thing that's not repeatable over 70 minutes too often, but he could get 60s doing that. So, yeah, it was very encouraging for someone who's been scoring 40s and a 25. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you had to bet, you would say he's going to go back to those regular scores more often than not. But um, a few people would be tempted to just buy him straight back, which yeah. is very awkward. Be not a bad time to buy him if you never owned him yeah. now that he's proved he can do it. But yeah, like you say, injuries, Fogarty went off. Peachy, who was playing in that lock role, part of the middle rotation, had to go to the halves, which left them short in terms of the, the middle forwards. I think that did boost Tino's uh, minutes a bit, but still getting through 70 minutes in the front row, and it, he looked like he didn't really need 
a rest. Like mm. he, he handled it pretty well. So I mean, now that he's got his match fitness up, maybe this is a, a sign of things to come. And he, it's not like he was just out there soaking up minutes because they were desperate. Like he was playing really, really yeah, well. Yeah. So I mean, maybe he is um, he is going to have a, a big season like that this year. I think that the tackle breaks I haven't checked is what he was missing in the early weeks. He's, his run meters have been good yeah. every round. His demerits went down. He was yeah, chalking up 14, 16, 18 mm. demerits in some games. Um, but yeah, he really tidied that up as well as getting through a whole bunch of extra work. Yeah, so he had four busts across the first three weeks and then seven on the weekend. Mm. Which um, David Fafita was good without being explosive. I'm pretty happy for him to get 65s in games where he's pretty well contained. Yep. Um, Tyrone Peachy, who I did buy leading into the weekend after his 59 at starting lock a week before. Wasn't expecting 59 every week, but 31 with about 14 demerits and spending the second half at 5.8 was not what I was hoping yeah. for. It's still, if you think of him as a centre, a 30 is not a bad you know, floor for a, for a centre. So think of it yeah. like that. He'll get a lot of 40s and 50s as well. I think he's still a, a keeper centre. Well, I mean, that was the plan, yeah. Just started off poorly. <laughs> Uh, the Newcastle Knights, many, many changes. Uh, Mitchell Pierce is out for 10-plus weeks with a pectoral injury. Um, Kurt Mann is out due to a head knock. Tex Hoy is out with a hamstring strain. David Clem has been named despite tweaking a knee uh, last week. Tyson Frizzell was under a cloud. He's been named also. Callum Ponga plays his first game of the year coming in at fullback. Connor Watson, who's been playing in the middle, played every spot on the field just about last week. He is at six alongside... Blake Green, who came back from his ACL for the last half hour of uh, last week's game. Um, whole new bench, including Chris Randall, who is a hooker. Hopefully mm. uh, doesn't have too many implications for Jaden Braley, who scored a very handy 82 last week. Yeah, those of us who have Braley are going to be hoping that Randall maybe spend some time in the halves, maybe as cover for Green. Maybe he gives mm. uh, plays 5-8th and Connor Watson goes and plays some of his uh, you know, lock roll in the middle. Um, Watson probably will score worse at 5'8 than he has been in the middle he's already gone there once this year it might have almost been round one was it round one they had some injuries and he yeah that's true um, and he still scored 50 in 40 his, minutes his running something. game he just gets so many busts, busts yeah. which helps um, I don't know if he's going to kick it much with Green but maybe they split it a bit who knows Ponga does it to. a bit as well yeah, yeah. He's, um, um, like you say his running game's great he finds busts whether he's playing in the middle or, or out wide so yeah I mean uh, him getting more minutes is probably a, a net positive yeah. rather than anything um, Kalen Ponga, obviously a superstar, great fantasy scorer. Uh, would you consider buying him straight away or wait a few weeks? I mean, I I couldn't anyway because of the way my team is. But if I was in a position to do so, I think I would want to have a look at him. Um, I'd want to make sure he was the goal kicker. Um, yep. If he's not going to be the goal kicker, if Barnett's going to do it, then wait for that price correction to happen. Also, just see how the new sort of spine slots in Ponga and I guess what it's going to be for the foreseeable Blake Green and Connor Watson um, in the halves just see how that works but yeah he's probably going to be a top three wing fullback yeah and he's a fullback so he can have quiet games and if he has one first then his price is going to come down so yeah, yeah wait and see the right move I think the uh, next game is the Bulldogs and the Storm on paper, a very one-sided contest. That's at Stadium Australia at 5.30 on Saturday. Dogs have a few changes. They lost uh, Nick Meaney to broken ribs and uh, Lockie Lewis, who copped that head knock. Uh, Dallin Martini Zalesniak back from suspension at fullback. Nick Kotrick and Corey Allen do a switcheroo with Kotrick's centre experiment appearing to be over for now. Jacob Avrillo back from an ankle injury, replacing Lewis in the halves. Uh, Luke Thompson, first game of the year, back from suspension in the front row. Josh Jack Jackson back from suspension uh, at lock. Um, so a couple of guys go to the bench, ran off uh, Tony and um, 
Oh, there's Dylan Napper. Multiple changes, but uh, Jackson Torpenny, who was very impressive, is still in the squad, which is notable, although he won't get 70 minutes every week. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff in this team. I don't think anyone that I would buy this week, but um, a lot to watch, yeah. So the the backline reshuffle, I think it's their third fullback in three weeks. Um, mm. Nick Kotrick to the wing has been traditionally his better scoring position than centre, although he's been playing this kind of hybrid, um, you know, defend on the wing on the last, so you get kick returns plus um, play in the centre for the rest of the time. But that hasn't really worked in terms of big fantasy scores. He had two good games to start the season and then two scores in the 20s with a few missed tackles and not a lot of busts. So I guess the missed tackles will go down at least on the wing, but he needs to get a lot of running metres to make up for that. But we'll see how that goes. Otherwise, I mean, Luke Thompson's probably not quite... Never again. Never again. <laughs> I think he'll be better this year than he was last <laughs> Don't year. Don't so It's he, not happening. If he flew to Australia halfway through the season, COVID. I'm no, not doing No pre-season. <laughs> we'll see how he goes. Um, the other thing is Adam Elliott, who yeah. was great for the first three rounds, came back to earth, got 39, which yeah. is more your traditional Adam Elliott kind of scores. So hopefully for those who did... Uh, take a chance and snap him up last week. He gets back to the big scores, but um, I wouldn't be stunned if he gets back to 40s rather than 50s and 60s. Yeah. Uh, the Storm have uh, Harry Grant in the reserves, so I guess that makes him a chance to play. He's certainly getting close. Um, otherwise, I mean, Ryan Pappenhausen was the, the talk of the town. 124 points. Most of that came in an 11-minute burst in the, the first half. Second best score in fantasy history um, in a lot of teams. Probably should be in more teams mm-hmm. if he's going to keep scoring this way. Yeah, incredible game. A lot of us bought him um, primarily because of his goal kicking and maybe mm-hmm. a slightly increased role um, in the playmaking for the Storm this year. But he's been way better than that. He's been amazing. Yeah, uh, Four tries you can't bank on too often, but... Um, even with those four tries, he still had heaps of breaks, heaps of run metres. It, it wasn't just, yeah. Sometimes mm. a winger get, gets four tries and, and doesn't get a massive score, but he did. He did heaps. So great game from him. Uh, a bit like Cleary, try not to, I think, tear your team apart if you don't have him just to get him in. But if you can do it in one or two moves, he's going to be one of the top probably three winger fullbacks of the season. Um, otherwise, there's a few kind of pretty good scores from Brandon Smith, Christian Welch. These guys getting around fifty, which. Um, I'm not sure if it's quite what people were hoping for who snapped yeah. them up, but pretty solid. Well, Brendan Smith um, has been playing 50-odd minutes going off and then coming back for the last 10 or 15. Um, he did that on the weekend but didn't come back. Apparently a bit of hamstring tightness. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's kept him out of the um, the, the side for round five, but um, hurt what was going to be potentially a, you mm-hmm. know his second-best score of the year, if not his best, um, but that would have been frustrating for owners. Um, otherwise, I mean, it's yeah, not... Munster obviously um, has had a, a few good scores, but yep. they're probably the main ones for the Storm. Yep. Um, coming in after that, sorry, I just lost my spot in the list is Roosters, the Roosters Sharks. and the Sharks. Yeah, Roosters. So they're unchanged. Lindsay Collins uh, still not back. Uh, he picked up a, an ankle injury at the same time. He picked up a head knock uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Drew Hutchison and Sam Walker got the job done as their first game as the halves pairing. Sam Walker, 44, he finished up with a really, really nice try assist. Didn't overplay his hand. Um, very promising debut. Probably still cheapier the week or one of the cheapies of the week this week. Yeah, he's still very cheap. It was base price last week. Um, good score, not a massive score, so he's not, you know, his price hasn't gotten out of hand or anything. If you haven't got him yet, uh, yeah, really good buy. As you say, didn't overplay his hand. Um, one try assist, didn't make, I don't know if he had many missed tackles. Um, 
few busts as well. Mm. So, yeah, really promising. I think it's just going to get better, you would think, from here. Um, and then good scores from the usual uh, Crichton, Tedesco, 70 and 60. Uh, their guns, as we've said all year. Um, a few people have Takiyahu, who's been okay, about as yeah. good as he was last year, which is maybe a rung below keeper level for the middles, despite kicking goals. Yeah, I mean, the upside was around the goals, and it hasn't really panned out. I earned him about two years ago, expecting, I forget the circumstances, but expecting some upside, and it just never panned out. Yeah. And I just don't really have him in that top tier of, of fantasy middles, and I think if he hasn't done it by now, it's probably not going to happen. I'd be happy to move him on if I, uh, if I earned him. Yep. Um, Satili Tupanua we didn't talk about mm. um, unfortunately off early with a, a head knock but has been a, a real breakout fantasy player other than that unfortunate two point score yeah he's been terrific scoring mm. a lot of tries as well and uh, Brett Morris what's that nine tries now in four games if you started with him you've made a mistake but you've like won the lotto because <laughs> he's one of the top ten scorers in the whole comp at the yeah. moment in fantasy been amazing about um, sixth or something yeah he can't keep scoring this many tries can he I don't know he's, we said that We've been saying that for a while. It just keeps happening. Um, the Sharkies, they put on a monster score against the Cowboys, which translated into good fantasy scores for Chad Townsend in particular. Will Kennedy at the back. Uh, Matt Moylan, I think, was his best score of the year. He scored a try off a pretty freakish offload from Braden Hamlin, Ueli. Uh Connor Tracy had a big score, but he's back to the bench this week with uh, Jesse Ramian returning to the starting side. Yes. Um, Chad Townsend, 76, uh, his best score of the year as well. Um, it's interesting, interesting to see what they're going to do with Moylan, I think, when Sean Johnson comes back. Um, I think the idea was Moylan goes back to fullback, Johnson mm. joins Townsend in the halves, but Will Kennedy's been fantastic, scoring a lot of yeah. tries himself. Uh, Kennedy got 65 on the weekend. So what do you think? Does Kennedy still make way and Moylan goes to fullback? Do they come up with somewhere else to play Moylan? I don't see how they can possibly drop Will Kennedy. He's yeah. almost been their best player yeah. this year. He's been absolutely outstanding. He's been a promising fullback for a few years, but I think we're really now he's a little bit older. He's filled out a bit more. He's not as skinny as he was a couple of years ago. He's, um, you know, he's a bit more confident. His ball playing and his support game have just really come to the fore. I think if they're, you know, John Morris is still, you know, fighting to you know, get a contract extension. If he wants to win some games, I think Will Kennedy's his fullback. And I think, you know, maybe maybe Sean Johnson works his way back in off the mm. bench. Maybe Moreland goes back to the utility role. I mean, Chad Townsend probably doesn't deserve to be dropped. So I think it's between Moreland and Johnson for a starting spot. I think it's out of those two. Yeah, interesting situation. So Moreland owners, I guess, are at least going to hope he makes enough money before... All that comes to a hand ahead, which yeah. I think it's still a few, a few weeks away. I mean, whatever you were going to make out of Moylan, you were hoping to make before Johnson's estimated yep. return date of around 8 to 10 anyway. So he's not a, a fantasy keeper. He was only a low-end cash cow. So I don't really think it changes the plan with, with Moylan fantasy-wise anyway. Uh, West Tigers host the Cowboys at Leichhardt Oval on Sunday afternoon. Um, should be a good one for fans to get to. They... Um, almost stole the win in the end against Parramatta before um, a scoreline they probably didn't deserve blew out against them in the last couple of minutes. Um, Jacob Little keeps finding ways to score tries. Luke Brooks, um, another 50-plus score, but you know I think it was three try assists in there, so it's still not a, a convincing sort of uh, fantasy performance. Dane Laurie got his first try and his lowest score, yeah. which is a little bit of a surprise. Stefano Utoi Kamanu making some good cash. Tries two weeks in a row for the big Amazing. Unit. Yeah. Just following up in the in the middle and grabbing tries. Yeah, they're bonus uh, bonus points and bonus uh, cash rises for those who uh, snapped him up at the start of the season. Um, yeah, I think Little uh, was on track for a mediocre score and then got that try yeah. and then a very friendly team list, I think, as well with um, 
Um, Empire moving into starting side in the centres. Yeah. No real bench hooker this week, so Little presumably can play the full 80 and score maybe 40 points without mm. a try. I mean, I'm looking at that team. They could potentially move Cheekham to centre and then Mbai yep. goes to hooker for a bit. So I wouldn't say, um, certainly not guarantee that Little's going to play 80, but um, you probably want him out there for, for most of the game. Has been missing quite a few tackles, which is going to be a, a concern. Actually, um, I was talking to someone offline about this, but Jake Simkin had a pretty good game in Cup, um, set up a couple of tries and just generally played well against Parramatta in a game that they won. So don't know how far away uh, Simkin is from taking that starting nine role. We, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him on the bench in the next month or so and, and yep. putting heat on, on Little. But um, I guess for fantasy purposes, Little will be a, a sell once that happens anyway. Um, Cowboys team, as per most weeks, not a lot doing fantasy-wise. They do get Jason Tamalolo back from a broken hand, although um, he shouldn't probably be in any teams and is not a buy until he bottoms out, which uh, isn't going to happen for a while. Otherwise, changes in the uh, the back line in particular, but nothing, I would say, drastically fantasy-relevant. No, not really. Val Holmes has had a few good scores, but um, it's hard to be confident he's going to join those Elite fullbacks when the Cowboys are uh, struggling to get wins or even even tries. Um, a few interesting value options in the back row, but again, it's hard to know who's going to be there long term. They keep yeah chopping and changing, and if they get beaten by a lot again, Todd Payton's shown he's happy to uh, wield the axe. So mm. yeah, until we get a good idea who's going to be um, starting there consistently, it's hard to. Mm confidently pick any of those guys. Well, Shane Wright's one of their better players and he had a tackle-heavy uh, score last week. You'd think he's probably going to get stay ahead of Ben Condon once the troops return, but that is Mitch Dunn and also Tom Gilbert, so I'm not quite sure who the best uh, starting back row is for the Cowboys once everyone's available, so a little bit of risk around uh, any of those guys at the moment. Yep. The uh, Eels and the Dragons close out the round at Bankwest Stadium on Sunday evening. Um, Eels, as we just talked about, skipped away to a win against the West Tigers on Easter Monday. Uh, Bryce Cartwright in for his first game in the blue and gold. Um, Ryan Madison back after two weeks out with a head knock. Um, Ray Stone and Keegan Hipgrave make way. Yeah, so more good scores for Reid Marnie, who is mm. keeping it up. He's been... Uh, yeah. His low score is, I think, 53, and then he's got 102 other big scores, so going great, playing great as well. And Isaiah Papali is the other one, so he got a try, mm. I think, uh, starting in the second row. Back to the bench this week, but he's scoring well either way. Is How long until we say he's a gun, a he, fantasy gun? Oh, I mean, if he was starting every week, he'd yeah. be in the top tier. Even off the bench, he's playing 55 minutes and scoring 55, 60 points. He's he's an out and out gun. He just yeah, he just needs the uh, the minutes. But that that performance on the weekend, how many like five or six busts and the try yeah. it was, um, he was outstanding. But I mean, he, there was no logic to starting the year with him given he was on the bench. But anyone who did is, is laughing. Is he a buy now? On the bench again, it's still yeah. risky. He's still an expensive bench middle forward. You look at guys like, mm. you know, a lot of us have got the Alvaros and these kind of guys, Spencer Lenya, who are on the cheap end, and they're good mm. points-per-minute players, but they're still a lot cheaper than Papali. And, uh, yeah, it seems it still seems like a gamble, even though he's scoring these 60s and 70s off the yeah. bench. I mean, he's such a huge part of the equation for Brad Arthur now. Like, he's shown what he can do and the way he can turn a game. I think he needs to play 55-plus minutes. But if he's not starting, then it's not going to be more than 55 minutes, which then means he really needs to do something extravagant to get more than 55 or so points, in which case it's mostly priced in and you're relying on him doing good stuff off the bench every week. 
but yeah, if it happens to be a long-term injury in the back row and he ends up starting, he could be uh, he could be elite. Yep. Um, Mitch Moses has yeah. three pretty good. Have quite a few questions, I think, this week about Mitch Moses. But um, three good scores, and he was I think he was about a point per minute when he went off against Cronulla in mid sixties every other week. Otherwise, um, he's going okay. A few other handy scores in the Ford pack, but no one I'd really, other than Marnie, want to have um, be buying in fantasy. I don't yeah, think. I was hoping that Moses was going to get a lot cheaper after that uh, mm. eighteen injury affected eighteen, but he uh, bounced straight back with a sixty four. So his price. Might not be dropping. He's about forty grand cheaper than he yeah. started, and he's break even sixty four, which is what he's been scoring. He in may the games have bottomed out already. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't um, think he's getting any cheaper unless he has some more poor scores. In which case, you probably don't want to buy him anyway. Yeah, but um, at his current price, if he's going to get sixties every week, seven twenty two k is it's as cheap as he gets. Yeah, very good price. The Dragons, um, pretty impressive uh, taking that win despite the um, obviously the injuries to Newcastle. They still had to get it done and they uh, managed to do so. Uh, Fantasy-wise or team-wise, almost unchanged. Well, they got uh, Jack Bird Jack back Bird's from back, suspension, yeah. so Braden Williami goes back to covering um, from the bench. Um, what do you got fantasy-wise? Uh, nothing hugely new, really. I mean, Tarek Sims had a big game, but that's probably a one-off. Uh, Andrew yeah. McCulloch, again, 63, a lot of tackles. Very yeah, consistent. Very McCulloch kind of uh, game. Once more, Alvaro had a um, bad score the week before, but got 41 in, what, 35 minutes or something. Mm. So With, like, four missed tackles as well, so it was almost a 50. Yeah. Um, so he's still good to hold for a while and not much else new. Jack Bird... Um, if he stays in the field, one of the probably better centre options still. Yeah, once he uh, finds his feet and he starts getting those busts and, and tries his happening. Um, Tyrell Flamayano in quite a few teams, probably tapering off a little bit, yeah. getting close to a sell. Yeah, just about peaked, I think. Uh, mid-30s, I believe, on the weekend. So, yeah. yeah, he needs some bigger scores to make much more money than he is already. Let's get stuck into some Twitter questions. I put the shout-out this afternoon. Uh, first one in was Danny TC. Trade or hold Jamal Fogarty could pivot to Mitch Moses? Tough one. So Fogarty um, has had, I think, two good scores, I think, in the 60s, and then a... a Average score in between, and then that mm. on the weekend he got injured, had I think seven points, but that was in the second half, so he was on track for a pretty bad score, yeah. Even before the injury, um, the hope was that he was gonna maintain that kind of 50 55 points a game that he had the second half of last season. He's been kicking goals as well, so there's a bit going for him, but he's not quite hitting those big scores consistently yet. Uh, I'm not sure if he's quite keeper or cash cow, so. I don't, I don't yeah. mind the trade. It's not a must trade by any means, but um, if you can get Moses, as, as we just said, this might be as cheap as he gets. Yep, no, I agree. Um, Thomas writes in, what to do with CY Taukioho and Luke Brooks, thinking Brooks to O'Sullivan and then Taukioho to a gun like Torhu Harris. Other option is to save the trades for a rainy day. I guess that's always the other option, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could be a year where if you've got a fit 21 holding trades, mm. it makes a lot of sense. There's been a lot of injuries already. There might be more to come. Could be missing those trades in the back half of the year. But, um, you know, in the short term, I think Brooks is still doing all right. So 55 on the weekend. He's averaging, I think, 51, 52. He was priced at the start of the season at about 40. So he's doing what you bought him for. Mm. Certainly don't have to trade him yet. In saying that, O'Sullivan's going to make a lot more money faster from here. So if you're happy to miss out on some of Brooks's price rises for the sake of getting a lot more from O'Sullivan and burning another trade or two, then... Not a bad move. And Takiyahu, yeah, 
probably one to trade. Again, yeah. not an urgent move, but he doesn't seem to be really going anywhere at this point. I mean, he he really busted through some stats in those last couple of minutes against the Warriors. He was on 26 when he went off after 50 minutes. Mm. He only came back for the last few minutes and he maybe jagged a couple of busts or a turnover tackle or something, but it was almost a pretty disastrous score before it ended up um, okay. I, I think Takiaho probably is one to sell now. Brooks, I mean, I've been cool on the whole time. I think, like you said, he's doing what you bought him for. I would probably be reluctant to sell him ahead of a Cowboys game, just given how many yep. points they conceded True. against the Sharks. Doesn't guarantee that Brooks is going to get 80, but... I mean, We saw be. Chad Townsend just got 76, and Brooks is uh, yeah. probably capable of bigger scores than Townsend, so, yeah, it could be a big one. Townsend about 16 points worth of conversions in that as well. That's true. Probably worth noting, but... um. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you are selling Brooks this week, just be aware that he could be in for a, a few try assists. Uh, Russell Goose asks, should I trade Dave Nofaluma and who for? Already have Laurie and Pappenhausen with Tessie New in reserves, only a little bit of extra cash. Uh, tough situation. So for the winger fullbacks, you kind of want to finish with what three of Tedesco, Ponga, Pappenhausen, maybe Laurie if he keeps scoring 50. Yeah. Um, so anyone else that you're going to buy has to be a cash cow that you're going to sell later on, I would say. So if you haven't got much cash, there's no real obvious wing of fullback cash cows I can think of, unless I'm missing something. Not apart really. From Laurie. I mean, what's Nofaluma worth now? 558. So I mean, with a He's tiny dropped about bit 100. Of- tiny bit of extra cash you could upgrade to Latrell, but as we've discussed, I don't know if he's got a lot a lot more money to make or a lot more upside in him either. He is fullback at least, but... um. Yeah, so maybe Latrell, that might end up being sideways. Nofaluma yeah. traditionally has been a keeper, even on the wing, just he makes so many breaks, but his uh, tackle busts haven't quite been there. Mm. This year, he hasn't had heaps of tries yet or anything, but um, yeah, so he can come good. Ideally, I think I'd wait till you were in reach of getting a Ponga or someone. Yeah. Um, freeing up cash somewhere else. I mean, you shouldn't really keep dropping cash. At some point, he's going to get a try or two or yep. a, a 10 tackle bus game or something like that. Yep. Uh, Tom Chodor, any base price cheapies coming up this week? Uh, not really, but Sam Walker is still close he's to close. base price if you uh, need someone. Yep. Tyrone DeBase, God, do you think the O'Sullivan ship has already sailed and is Taukiaho to Isaiah Papali'i a good trade? Uh, it, it might be a very good trade. We're not 100% yeah. convinced yet. Um, but he's going great so far. A bit risky. Uh, O'Sullivan, I don't think the ship has sailed if he's going to get yeah. 45 and up every week. Um, maybe they're two fluke scores, but he looked very solid, as you said. I mean, it all looks repeatable. It wasn't like he's yeah. getting you know, a bunch of tries or, or whatever. And I don't think he's got any try assists yet, so he could potentially have some, yeah. some more attacking stats to, to come. He's playing okay. Um yeah, Takiyahu to Papali, I think. I mean, it could end up being a bit sideways, but I feel like it's an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> Ryan Burgess asks, uh, Tex Hoy, who should I trade him out for? He's on my bench um, or emergency. He's got 721K combined with uh, the cash on top of the player value. Um, should I look for a keeper or a cash cow? Also thoughts on Cherry Evans to Moses once Moses bottoms out. Yeah, so again, the winger fullback thing. How much do you have? Seven, seven twenty-one between the bank and the player value. Yeah, tricky. So I can't afford uh, the very top players. I don't think it's the tricky thing about getting Tex Hoy. We were kind of cautious on him at the start of the season because uh, of when Ponga was going to return. He didn't get massive scores. I think he made a bit of money, but now you're kind of stuck with a player, mid-range player, in a position where there aren't that many good mid-range. Mm. Alternative, so 
Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It, ideally, you've got someone you can at least fill in, but I think as soon as you can get, you know, three keeper-level players in the winger fullback, that makes things a lot more simple. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's just not enough to get the good options, unfortunately. Um, I to get a little bit creative with trades. Uh, Babish Patel is Keon Kolomatangi a trade? Um, I need a mid for him, under 700k. Could Tino be an option? Uh, he could, he could, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, not everything changes just because of one game, but it was a very promising uh, performance and score from Tino. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of bitter <laughs> former Tino owners, I think, who sold after three weeks mm. if he ends up being a really good scorer and people just snap him up now, but, um, you know, it could pay off. Uh, Kalamatungi, I think, is a sell. Yeah. Not urgent, but you can do better, I think, especially with him out for two weeks. Absolutely. Hanzo writes in, thoughts on getting, uh, thoughts on Twal only getting 30 minutes trade out again if it happens this week. Yeah, I don't know if there was anything big behind the Twal thing. There's been a lot of... I'm sure I saw somewhere that he had potentially a cork or a okay. bit of tightness or something, so nothing that was going to put him out of the next week but just something that might have stopped him coming back on I don't know if that was confirmed or not but yeah um, I had a look at the Tigers forwards and they just all played close to 40 minutes mm. just shared the minutes around so you know that could happen again I guess normally 12 players 60 or 70 minutes which is mm. his uh his value in fantasy he's not you know quite the very elite scorers I yeah, don't think but I think there's um, better options and I think like you said the, with the way the minutes are sharing around the pack unless it's a Stefano who sort of comes in at you know almost base price and he's elevating the rest of them are all just kind of sort of sitting there in the mid-range and not doing much so um yeah might be one to move on I guess not an auto trade this week but yeah if he's not looking like being uh, a keeper after this week then look to upgrade yep. uh, Eugene Tan writes in who to trade in out of Ponga uh, Papali or Cleary looking to trade out Elliot and Mitchell. Uh, well, Cleary, I think, is the easy answer. Yeah, if he can, then do. I think Cleary's must. Well, Cleary and Ponga, I think, will be must have at some point. Cleary, yeah, as soon as you can get him, it really simplifies the captaincy choice thing. Uh, Ponga, maybe wait to see if his price comes down a bit. Yeah, and uh, Papali, we've talked about it a fair bit, but he's looking pretty handy as well. Um, Adam Elliott, I think, can probably be traded out. He's, if he's looking to trade out Latrell Mitchell, I don't think I'll be doing that just yet. Yeah, a bit risky. He's, he hasn't been, he hasn't had a bad score yet. Mm. I'm I feel not like there's another 80 coming before exactly, there's another. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You can't be sure either way whether there's going to be a uh, an elite gun or not, but at this point, there's no signs he's going to be mm. you know, a flop. Exactly. Well, that's all our questions uh, for this week. Thanks once again for listening. Thanks again to our sponsors, DoorDash. Thank you, Don Brock, for joining us. We'll be back uh, next week to talk through round six teams. <laughs>